0: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Allen, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at B Capital Group. You're listening to our new podcast series. Today's segment is the first of a three-part series called Ask the Expert, brought to you in partnership with the Boston Consulting Group. B Capital is a global venture and growth capital firm that invests in companies that are transforming large industries across borders and geographies. We focus on areas like enterprise application software, infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence and machine learning, fintech and insure tech, and healthcare tech and bioIT. In addition to providing capital through our investments, we also help our portfolio companies on their path to scale by providing resources, best practices, and support in areas like strategy and operations, talent, and capital formation. One of the unique attributes of B Capital is our exclusive partnership with the Boston Consulting Group. BCG experts provide hands-on guidance and strategic counsel to our portfolio companies in a wide array of business verticals. In today's Ask the Expert segment, we're joined by John Pineda to discuss a topic that is incredibly challenging for many startups in the B2B space the topic of pricing. John is a partner and director of BCG's technology, media, telecommunications and marketing, sales and pricing practices. He is an expert in pricing model transformation, the monetization of digital platforms, and pricing to value to improve core business profitability. He's worked with clients across a wide range of industries, including technology, data and business services, life sciences, industrial goods, and financial institutions. And he's supported clients in implementing large-scale pricing programs, applying quick pricing HIT Tactics, and developing new subscription-as-a-service revenue models. John, thanks so much for joining us. To start, can you give the listeners an introduction to your background and some of the things that you focus on at BCG?
1: Sure. Thanks, Elizabeth. I'm John Pineda. I'm a partner and director in our pricing and technology practices at BCG. And I've been here for 15 years and uh, have spent the bulk of that uh, 15 years working with our clients on how to transform the way they do pricing packaging of their solutions and value selling um, for our growth tech clients. These are typically questions from the CEO or the board on how to build a pricing model that supports the next wave of growth. Um, so I love doing this type of work because it's core to the company's growth ambitions.
0: John, today we're talking about challenges that really affect growth stage companies. Can you help set a foundational level of knowledge for the listeners by talking about how you would define a company that has reached growth stage?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a fuzzy definition, I guess, but it, what's core to it is a growth ambition that is doubling the size of the revenue or bookings in the company every couple of years. Uh, so I would say quite frequently we're in companies that are 20, 30, 50 percent annual growth. And a uh, related question is, who are your investors? And typically what we find is a, a good way to think about the differentiation is if your investor base is predominantly focused on top line growth, uh, that ends up being uh, that, that ends up to a, leading to a different set of questions around growth tech.
0: John, you've been in a leadership seat to help many of B Capital's portfolio companies with various pricing challenges, among other companies you've worked with. You know, growth stage companies generally undervalue their services and typically approach pricing with a margin-based mindset. Can you share some thoughts on why getting pricing right at the growth stage of scale is so important for startups?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, Growth is Really, the imperative, of course, for a lot of these companies, you're focusing on getting adoption of a new technology, you're focused on getting Lighthouse accounts. So there are good reasons why many high growth companies will price well below their value. And we'll say often it's you get 10 to 20 percent of the value that you bring because your your emphasis is on getting to yes. Uh, And to some degree, that's rational. But uh, the key is to watch out for two common pitfalls. And this is why getting pricing right uh, early on is so important. And those two pitfalls are anchoring and uh, not scaling with value. Um, let's start with anchoring. Anchoring is something that a lot of us know from psychology. Once you have an anch- anchored on a certain price on a certain amount, it's really hard to get off of that. So if you anchor at a very low price for an existing customer or for a customer that then talks to that first account, it can be incredibly hard to get off of that low level. So you have to think about, are you in a position where you're gonna be comfortable with that price in a year or two, or when the next customer comes in and says, well, why did you do it at 20% of the price that you're quoting me with, with uh, another company in my industry? Um, so you have to get to a point where you, the price feels like a price that you would be comfortable with, uh, anchoring with long-term. Um, The second part of that, which helps a little bit with that first problem, is how you scale. So if you anchor at a low price, but you give yourself upside, if you don't give away your upside, then you can actually make up for that initial low price. So the second thing to watch out for when you're pricing is not giving away all your upside. And those are the two big parts of getting pricing right, is despite all the pressures that we will all feel to get a deal done and to land that first account, making sure that we're okay with the long-term anchoring and that we don't give away the upside.
0: Clearly there's a lot at stake when it comes to setting pricing and companies have a lot of factors to consider. Um, They could look at peers, they could look at what their aspirational pricing is, they could also look at what competitors are doing, um, as well as historic benchmarks. What do you think are the most important factors companies should consider when setting a price for a product?
1: Great. Great question. Um, One of the inherent challenges, but also really exciting aspects of pricing technology, in particular software and other intellectual property driven things, is that cost is usually not your best source of information for your pricing. It's tempting to price at a way that says, well, it'll help me recover my development costs this year. But usually that's not the right answer long term. The key with pricing technology is pricing to value. And the way to think about pricing to value is your value versus the next best alternative that your customer may have. That could be a competitor. So yes, competitors are relevant and they create uh, an, an anchoring mechanism again for what a good price or what the right way to price is in the market. Uh, but you might also think about other alternatives that your customer may have. Often that those may be in-home, in-house manual solutions the customer has developed things that they're actually struggling with maintaining because they just can't keep pace. And the key question is what value are you bringing above and beyond that alternative Um, And the related question being, how much of that value are you going to claim in your
0: price? One of the things we often see startups struggle with is the ability to understand the actual value they're providing to clients from a business perspective. How would you advise startups approach the challenge of beginning to quantify what their clients are actually receiving from their products in a pricing exercise?
1: It is not an easy thing. It takes some work. And the number one thing I'll say about pricing to value is it starts early in the process. Um, It helps to have a consultative process where you engage with the customer on what their needs are, what business problem they're trying to solve, and what it costs them today to actually put together the the answer to that problem. Um, And what is the opportunity cost for them of the current solution? Often that means that whatever they have in place, Is something that takes up a lot of valuable resources uh, time and attention not just the hard cost of that but the actual opportunity cost of those resources so understanding value is understanding your customer's business in a way that takes more than a couple of meetings Um, so if you're trying to get to a value driven sale you want to understand how what you bring to the table fits within the context of the business problem that your customer is trying to
0: solve We've seen a number of startups really struggle with the trade off between adding lots of new clients all at once, regardless of what long term value they may offer, versus investing in a few signature accounts that may not show a trajectory from a numbers game, but are really a much more valuable client base. How would you recommend startups approach the balancing act between adding a lot of new logos to a website to show that traction by number versus really investing in clients that may have higher long term value?
1: This is one of the hardest questions for an early stage business, because there is no replacing the credibility of a few Lighthouse accounts, both with future customers and with potential investors. So the pressure is on to do what it takes to get the deal done. And the first two, one or two Lighthouse accounts in a segment do tend to get special treatment. Uh, That said, there are three principles that I would put out there, and we'll go back to some earlier points. Uh, The first is, if you're pricing low to get in, are you pricing away your upside? So give yourself a position where you can land with that account, but give yourself upside as the value scales. That could be as they do uh, more of their business with you. That could be as, uh, as another division, if it's a large customer, takes over. Uh, that could be any number of different things, but give yourself the upside. Um, the second point is around the anchoring piece, right? So if you are pricing low to get that first couple of Lighthouse accounts, do you have a path to go higher and usually you're talking not 10 percent higher but two to three times higher for future customers and think about what is that path and are you going to be able to get it um, in the long term um, and then finally you want to know about those lighthouse accounts and the value that they will play for you long term just having them as customers may not be enough to justify a low price If they're customers who then become referenceable accounts, if they can be thought partners in development, that may justify a lower entry point because they bring strategic value to the the broader uh, growth trajectory.
0: In the B2B space, negotiation with potential new clients can be a really big challenge, especially for companies that are actively seeking to sell into much larger organizations that have the potential for a lot of long-term value, but also due to their size, have really, really significant negotiation power. How should a company think about leveraging pricing when selling to large enterprises where they know they may be outmatched when it comes to negotiation? It's
1: leveraging pricing and it's leveraging some common sales tactics. Pricing is often about creating a lower entry point that can then allow you to prove a high price to value return when you're getting started. And then over time, expand the the level of business that you do with them and recover more of the value. The selling part is knowing that big accounts have a lot of leverage and they have big professional procurement organizations is engagement, active engagement with the stakeholders who truly understand the value. Often those are line of business people who are influencers uh, to that process and can anchor on what the value is that you bring versus the alternatives. A common tactic in in large enterprise procurement, particularly when it comes to technology, is to tell the vendor that you're essentially a commodity. and. And that's normal for them to do. The key is to remember you're not a commodity. The reason that you're in that, in that conversation to begin with is because you have a new solution that a lot of established players uh, have not been able to, to deliver in a way that was satisfactory to the business. The last thing I'll say is the one upside of, of professional procurement departments is that they are also better at understanding total cost of ownership. So one tactic to think about is how does your pricing and your value proposition align versus the overall uh, total cost of ownership? And if there is some form of a balanced scorecard, how does your pricing and your solution fit against that balanced scorecard that the larger procurement and enterprise buyer may have?
0: You've shared a lot of really good answers in terms of the pricing challenges that startups face, but I also think it's helpful to have examples that bring them to life. You know, you've worked with a number of B Capital portfolio companies on their pricing strategy. Can you share anecdotes or takeaways from some of the exercises you've seen that might help companies in a similar position navigate the same type of challenge?
1: Working with B Cap companies has been a great experience. and. In a a recent case in particular, we had a company that had a great solution, great team, and we're already doing a lot of things right in the pricing and selling process. That said, there were a few big lessons on how even a high-performing, high-growth company can do things that many players who are a lot bigger than they are often miss. Uh, The first I'll say is quantifying and claiming the value you bring. And we go back to this concept of value-based pricing and A lot of companies, a lot of my clients, a lot of growth tech companies say, okay, that sounds nice, but what do you mean? How do I quantify that value? And one of the things that this company was doing really well is they already had a very consultative selling process. In fact, there was a diagnostic that had a fee for it, but it was a small fee to get in the door. That diagnostic drove value for the customer because they allowed them to build a better business case. But it drove value for us as well, for the company, because it allowed them to quantify in dollar terms what their value proposition was. One thing we worked on together was taking that value proposition and expanding it. There was a there was a strong element of efficiency and a strong element, an element of business effectiveness to it. And we worked together with them to build out the confidence in the, those two drivers of value and their ability to say, yes, we believe that we bring all this value and even though some of it may be a little bit harder to prove in hard dollar terms, it is substantial enough, and and what we're bringing to the table really does drive value. Um, The second thing we did with them is to change the pricing model so as they grew with a customer, they got more of the upside. And a lot of the work we did together was on adjusting the pricing model to scale with value as the customer used and benefited more. The third thing I'll say is in in terms of lessons learned working with companies across the spectrum, but especially true when you're talking about high growth companies is get real as quickly as you can. Sketch out what the right pricing model is. Think about the next pricing model for the next wave of growth. Quantify the value you're bringing and embed that in both your list pricing and your discounting guardrails, but get real. Anchor, on real deals, talk about real customers, talk about negotiations and how you're gonna defend and the nature of the buyer and understanding whether you're talking to the right buying center or you might need to be taking it on. And in particular, in a smaller company, you have to build cross-functional consensus on the right price, the right initial price if you think about budgetary quoting and the right price to land uh, and ultimately the walk away price. A lot about pricing discipline is getting everybody on the same page on what price you're willing to walk away from and actually having a price you're willing to walk away from a deal
0: so a company's finalized its pricing strategy and it's trying to identify which customers to approach first when thinking about land and expand opportunities do you think it's better for a company to approach it with low upfront costs that enable them to quickly onboard new clients or to invest a little bit more in upfront costs that maybe involve a little bit longer uh, onboarding period but ultimately gets better organizational buy-in and a more secure partnership with longer-term value?
1: The land small versus land big question is uh, one of the bigger questions that multi-growth companies face. Usually, you want, a large, you want to land on the small end of things so you can get an opportunity to prove the value on the ground. That said, that, that, that small still needs to be big enough that it's worth the effort of a sales force and usually a senior executive team actively engaging in the deal. So, as a general best practice, I'd say set a threshold for a minimum deal size that is worth pursuing, and try to stick to that threshold because you typically find that pursuing things that are smaller than that was well, just not going to be worth the the time and attention uh, that will that it will take, particularly from your senior team. That said, once you know that what you, that threshold is, price to get in the door, and Focus on landing, integrating, getting time to value as quickly as possible. Um, The one exception to that rule will be when your solution is part of a much bigger transformation. And even if you land small, the customer is going to have to do a lot of work on their side and is going to have a uh, a longer time horizon to realize the value in those situations it makes sense to focus on landing bigger and elevating the conversation to the right level for the people who actually understand what the total cost of the solution not just what they pay you but what they're going to spend on other partners is going to be and anchoring on a higher price point but in general i would say once you get past a certain threshold you're better off landing small and expanding from there
0: John, thanks so much for your time today answering all of these questions. You know, I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, and I'm curious in reflecting on everything that we've talked about, optimizing for pricing, how you think about it, um, you know, bringing customers on board. Do you think there are instances where a pricing model can both accelerate a deal's time to close and the client's time to value?
1: This is a question we get often, and there are multiple elements of the pricing model that are worth looking at. Uh, But one of the key ones is when you start charging. One of the more important questions about a pricing model is what incentives it creates. And customers want something that's fair. You also want a pricing model that creates the right incentives for fairness for you. So one example of, of that would be an agreement in the initial negotiations on when you start charging, for example, for a subscription and saying there's a reasonable time horizon to get up and running. And once you hit that time horizon, you start billing for the subscription. That creates the incentive for the customer to actually prioritize the implementation of your solution because they know they will start paying and they might as well start focusing on, on realizing the value. They also need to believe that you, on your end, the incentives are aligned. To what you, You know, you will make more if they deliver more value. So the second part of it is going back to this question of scaling this value. As As the customer grows, they pay you more, but they feel like they're not paying too far ahead of the actual value realization.
0: John, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts on some of the challenges startups face and how they should be thinking about pricing as they grow through series B and later and really start to expand the reach of their product. Now I want to turn to a special segment we've set up with a B Capital Portfolio company. I'm happy to welcome Ronan Lazar, CEO of Intern, to talk about his experiences firsthand developing and optimizing pricing for his company. Ronan, tell me a little bit more about Intern and the customers you serve.
2: So we were founded in 2013. Um, Intern is a business-to-business software platform that we've built to address the inefficiencies and complexities of what they call in fashion off-price in the consumer world, slow moving and obsolete goods. So today we're headquartered in New York City. Uh, We've got satellite offices in Europe. Um, Our client base today represents uh, both North America and Europe on the supply side, uh, and uh, over 30 countries on the demand side of the purchasing equation.
0: Ronan, once a startup reaches a point of scale, usually around series B, As you know, pricing can become a challenge, meaning there's a point at which you have to re-examine your pricing. Um, It may be because you see that the market is set in a different place or you feel like you could be extracting more from your customers for the value you're creating. How do you approach the challenge of setting a price that is both competitive and sustainable? And at what point do you think startups need to begin to re-examine where their pricing is set?
2: So in the early days as a startup, uh, you're still trying to figure out the impact that you provide to customers, uh, and you obviously have the impact that you believe you provide, uh, but then, you know, the reality sets and you really need to look at the data. Uh, So as an organization matures, you start to recognize uh, what that information looks like, uh, and in the meantime, you're iterating on the product and on on the platform and ultimately impact that you provide to the customers as well. Uh, So that's an ever-flowing kind of movement that you see. Uh, In the meantime, uh, as you mature as an organization, the market perceives uh, the company differently than it would have in the early days. Uh, In our case, uh, here at Intern, um, as we uh, moved from a Series A company to a later stage uh, growth organization, uh, we started conducting pretty frequent um, impact analysis with customers and prospective customers Uh, around um, the influence our solution has on their business and ultimately the cost savings as well as margin improvement that we saw as a result.
0: I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you handle existing customers when you're going through a price reset. A lot of the customers that startups acquire early receive preferential pricing and they're also some of your earliest adopters, your biggest evangelists and your champions of the market. So how do you think about repricing when it comes to existing customers? How do you maximize value to price when entering a repricing negotiation to make sure that your customers are on board and amenable and that you don't risk damaging a relationship when you're trying to reset pricing to what's appropriate?
2: So everyone has their initial Lighthouse customers. And in many cases, those Lighthouse customers uh, were actually integral in really driving the uh, product roadmap Um, for the solution. So there's quite a bit of benefit that startups have, um, you know, along the way in engaging with these early customers. And in lieu of that, uh, these customers sometimes get free uh, use of the solution and in other cases, uh, more discounted use. Um, Of course, you know, this can't last forever. Um, Companies need to obviously generate revenue to survive. Um, And so uh, as the impact uh, starts to be realized um, by the customer, it becomes a lot more of an easier conversation uh, to really just level set and indicate that you know the initial um, input that the customer had has been paid for uh, many times over, um, and so you know it's in my opinion not a you know complete you know one end to the other end sort of slingshot approach, um, and instead it's it's really an evolution of pricing over time. Um, to really just um, um, you know, reinforce that loyalty that you have to that customer.
0: Thank you so much to John Pineda and Ronan Lazar for joining us to share their thoughts on pricing, why it's so important for startups that have reached a point of scale to understand how to price their product better. This has been the first of a three-part series hosted by B Capital Group in partnership with BCG to explore the challenge of pricing. I'm Elizabeth Allen with B Capital Group and appreciate you listening. If you'd like more information on B Capital Group, visit our website at www.bcapgroup.com. And if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us cover on future podcasts, you can email us at marketing at bcapgroup.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.